What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes Podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad. It incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving your kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. Super stoked for you to hear this episode with my new friend, Sean Donahue. This guy uh, was highly recommended to me from a friend, and he is a coach for families, really provides counseling um, for families to engage in relationship with their teens. Um, On Instagram, he is the family coach. His website is Parenting Modern Teens. And I mean, I'm on his website right now just looking at him, his intentionality, his energy, his love for really just creating open communication with families. Um, And he doesn't look like your typical, I'm going to come in your home and be a family counselor. The dude just looks fun and full of energy. And in this episode, we get into it and he makes some amazing references. I know you're going to learn and grow from this. And I'm just going to say his website is so rich with content. It's not just, hey, hire me to come in. It's tons of stuff, quizzes, tests, uh, blog posts, tools, Um, online classes, stuff to really help build relationship in your family. And something he said at the end that just really stuck out to me is families are supposed to be close and he believes it's possible. Check it out. You're going to enjoy this conversation with Sean Donahue. All right, welcome to another episode of Fatherhood Field Notes. I'm super excited to have met a new friend, Sean Donahue. How you doing, man? Hey, Ned. How's it going? It's going. It's going real good. It's fun to get to connect with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I really like what you're doing. Love the website. Honored to be on the show. Right on. Yeah. A friend of ours, Doug Clifford, had introduced me to you and just said that you're doing amazing things uh, with all that you're about and helping helping parents have great relationships with their teenagers. Uh, your website is uh, Parenting Modern Teens, correct? Yep. That's it. That is awesome. And, and that's that's what you are about. You're about connecting parents uh, with their teens and helping establish uh, strong relationships there. Um, so I do want to hear some you know, about of the, that. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, just I mean, the simplest way that I like to uh, like describe kind of what I do. Do you remember that old TV show, Ned, the, the Super Nanny, where they yeah. had that British lady and she would come into the house? Did you ever watch that? Yeah, you did. Yes. Yeah. So like it was a super popular show. And I saw that show when I was like 25 and 41 years old now. And I was like, ah, it's a great idea. Like I was already working with young people at the time in nonprofits and things. It's like this English lady coming to the house to bring harmony bring tools, bring peace. And so I said like, that's, I'm going to do that one day. I want to become like a teen super nanny. And so that's like a simple, like kind of simple version of kind of like describing what I do. And now like we're filming this during the coronavirus time. So um, it's not just me now, like there's a team of us, we meet with families in their homes or, you know, FaceTime, Skype, Zoom calls and kind of bring peace and tools and creativity to the home. Man, I, I love it. And and I know we're not going to spend we're going to just talk fatherhood in a minute, but I just want to give a big old shout out. So, you know, in preparation for our call today, I started digging in on your website and um, okay. dude, it's like there is some seriously 
good content. So parents, dads, if you're listening, oh, thank you. Dude, go on there. It's not just like a one little piece of information. I mean, I'm sitting here right now. I, I printed out. I, I took the the test. Right there's the initial test oh, of yeah. your relationship with your kids, and you could ask me about it if you want. Yeah. But my, my wife and I took that test. And man, will. it's, it's eye opening. It's eye opening to see like, okay, what pushes your buttons and, and how am I reacting right. and, and who do right. I want to be kind of stuff. And so that was cool. And then there's classes. You have a free class on there with how to deal with COVID. Um, tons of blog posts. Yeah. Ah, just super rich. Um, rich content, Thank you. man. So, uh, Thank it's you. No, yeah. no, uh, no gimmicks, no, no, uh, just one size fits all. This is a, this is a, years of uh, deep information for sure thanks you know what's cool like about our generation of men is like we are we're learners we're coachable like people that are mm. listening to this podcast we we know whether you get coaching from your business or just advice or mentorship from older men like there's like that is one way we are really different than our dads is we, we we're open minded like the type of people that are listening to this podcast or diving in because they, they want the most out of life and they realize yeah. it's OK to say I don't have it all figured out and I want tools. Right. And so I'm just I'm really passionate about kind of being one of those people to to support people and to, to help them have the best families that they want and be the dads that they want to be. Yeah, man, that's cool. Well, then just before we kind of just talk fatherhood let me ask you a couple questions about yourself so you said you're 41 you're married how yep. long you've been married 16 years yeah raised in san diego i live in northern california now okay. and you guys have yep. three kids and how old are your kiddos three daughters all spaced out 15 10 and 3 so I'm, i've been raising babies for a long time yeah long man. time and now you're putting all that uh, all that years of research and work with other parents <laughs> into uh, your own life Definitely, definitely. It's not the same, you know. I'm at home. I'm the dad. I'm not the family coach. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the dad. Yes, yes. I. Uh, it's an honor, man. As you know, as people listen to this, it's like this, this is the best. Just being a parent and loving our kids and going through life with them. And, our, and yes. And I'll tell you, man. One of the things that I really, I gotta say, I loved about um, this test when I printed it out is. The first thing you say is um, well, like at the end of the first page where you're kind of dipping into the test, you you say, I'm an imperfect husband, I'm an imperfect dad, and I'm an imperfect man. And and I think uh -huh. that that's just for me. And I think going back to like what our generation is looking for in a guide is yeah. we're not looking for the just do the 10 things that I did and you're going to be the perfect right. dad. Like we know that's horse crap. And so right. to be able to, from the beginning say, Hey, yeah, I'm not the coach at home. I got my own stuff. I constantly working on, you know, you're more uh -huh. in tune with it. Um, but you're putting in the work just like we would need to do. But like you said, everybody needs a guide and you have gone and learned some trails and you're ready to teach others. So that's cool. I, I like the word guide and that's kind of, I'm pumped for this, for our, our podcast here because I think uh, like, you know, how do we grow as people? Well, we grow through like the messiness. We grow through storytelling, listening to other stories, living out our own stories, seeing our lives as dramas and we're characters in it. And like there's, you know, different seasons and different episodes and, and being invited into like 
the intimacy and the rawness and the realness of someone's life. I mean, that's really how people grow, not from those cheesy articles, like five things to do, ten things. I actually write those articles, so I'm kind of bashing on myself. But, yeah, that's there's a time and a place for an article like that. But there's also a time and a place to get on a podcast to really, all right, let's 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 go deep. Let's keep it real and let's connect. Yeah, but, dude, as you're saying it, I because it's not just the article and it's not just go through it on your own. And I think we like mm-hmm. black and white, like which one is it? But it's in the middle. Mm-hmm. So like yesterday I was reading just to, kind of, you know, get into okay. your website. I was reading one of your articles. Don't be uh, – or the seven things a parent needs to say to their teenage boy or whatever. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And so okay. I read that article, and so, but what's cool about reading it is my son, is, I have five kids, my son is 10. And, nice. And so reading that, one of the things which convicted me was don't be addicted okay. to fun. And I'm like, oh, man, oh, I've yeah. never thought about that. And I actually told my wife yeah. on a walk last night, I was like, I think I'm personally kind of addicted to fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. Give me worse things to be addicted to. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But I've created <laughs> the same thing in my son. So now I'm realizing, you know, when he comes to me, right. he's like, hey, dad, I'm bored. I want something to do. Usually I'm like, oh, dude, mm-hmm. let's go skate, man. Let's go work on the treehouse. And now yeah. I'm realizing. So my point in saying that is – we need the article. We also need it at the right times in our life. So sure. we need the guide and the messiness for, for both. So it's like both end. Right. Yeah, man. That's not interesting thought. Being addicted to fun. Like I never really even thought about that too either. But I think it's it's this generation of kids, man. The screens are everywhere. Right. And like there's the dopamine in the screens. And the screens are not like the games we were playing on Sega Genesis or NS. I mean, they're off the charts. They're so good. And there's just so much pleasure everywhere for so much of our kids to turn here or turn there. It's like this is like it's a, being a human being in 2020 is so different than it was in the 80s or 90s when we were growing up, you know? For sure. For sure. Yeah. So it's like, and I tell my, I have a 14, my uh, oldest is 14, uh, Brooklyn. And I okay, tell cool. her regularly, I'm like, all right, I know we're kind of in this discussion right now. Let's just <laughs> yeah, acknowledge okay. that this is the first time I've ever raised a, a teenager. Yep. Okay. So like if we could right. all have some grace for each other. Uh, for sure. And it's a new generation, right? It's a new time. 2020 is different than when I was a kid. So one, I'm taking what I knew as a 14 year old, you know, Mm-hmm. 20 something years ago uh yep yeah so it's just it's it's good man it's good we're all in it we're all in the thick of it people that are listening to this are are in the thick of it and this is why we're here because we like we we love the connection with other parents and the realness and we all are looking for support and so really happy to be on the show man yeah well cool right, i'm gonna ask you a couple questions and then we'll just keep digging into the the side trails that we sure. want um Okay, so you do this full time coaching families, correct? That's what you do yeah, for a living. Yeah, yes, I do. Yes, Man, that's so it's been six years now. I started this business. It was, yes, it's just me, and now there's a team of kind of coaches. We help families all around the country. Yes. So good, so good. Okay, and then, um, and then as you have grown, like what? I mean, obviously your website, but what are a couple resources that were good for you as you have parented? you know, babies, toddlers, uh, middle schoolers, like what were a couple of the things that were really important for you? 
You know, you know what I learned? Okay, so here's here's how here's how I think about that question. First thing that comes to mind without thinking too much about it, because I don't I don't even know what the pre you know your questions are. Okay, so if you go to like a, a PTA meeting at your kids, you know, elementary school or middle school or high school, they're gonna have some type of regular therapist or counselor there like talking about parenting, right? I mean right. don't don't they have that your school your kids' school net like yeah. different things? And like it, when I when I started like really studying the art of parenting, and this was you know this was 15 years ago right around super nanny, I was just a student. I wanted to learn about people and learn like I started realizing that for most of the people in this space are are women, therapists, and they're nerds. They're totally nerds, and I do not relate with them. <laughs> I I like football. I drink craft beer on the weekends. I like getting dirty when I play around with my backyard. I love the beach. I love camping. I backpack with my buddies and I drink whiskey with them. And I love that stuff. Yeah. I love fishing, even though my three wonderful daughters aren't into most of those things that I just said. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, now I I uh, I have a lot to say now. Like I've learned tools. And so it was kind of intimidating, right, when I'm going up to start my speaking career and teaching because if you go to a meeting, it's usually women. And if you give, like when I do my you know, weekly live free classes now, it's sometimes 100% women. And so I was kind of intimidated. Like are they going to reject me? Are they going to accept me? As you listen to this interview, you see I, I'm actually a little, I'm a pretty edgy person, even, that, even how I communicate. And so I just was scared. Like I remember I gave a big talk at Chevron World Headquarters, and I was scared out of my mind. It was on. It was called Screens and Teens, What Parents Need to Know About Teen Social Media. And this was like six, seven years ago when everybody had their head in the sand, and yeah. no one knew what the hell was going on right. or what these you know, 16-year-olds were looking at at that time. And I just said, you know what? I just got to be myself. Mm. And if they like it, cool. And if they don't, they don't. I'm not the smartest person in the world. I'm not the smartest person in the room. I don't have all these initials after my name. But I feel confident about my skills, about my tools, and I want to help. And it just went well. It went well. And so I think women relate to me because it's just like this rawness and this realness. And men do because – like we need more men out there like you and me that are speaking the man language right. and encouraging people in man in like masculine, real, raw, authentic ways. So that's what comes to mind. I love it. So almost if I were to narrow what you said down, the okay. resource, the resource is is almost yourself. And, and I almost think that that is so perfect for men to hear is like. Dude, you have what it takes. There's yeah, something, they, yes. there's something in yes. about you that your kids need. And For, and, it's, and, yep. and man, we've been saying this a lot, but it's like your kids don't need Ned and my kids don't need Sean. Like you just don't yep. have the same things to offer them that I do. <laughs> so it's almost like at the end of all these resources that are available, trust your instinct. Mm -hmm. And that's what you said agree. that you have chosen to do, like with your career, but also in your parenting style. And I think, dude, that is such a critical thing for every dude listening right now to go, dude, I have what it takes. It's innately well, in said. It really is. There's a trillion dads out there, which means there's a trillion ways to be a great parent. Let's say you're quiet. 
Well, that's okay. You can still be a great parent and not speak very much. Let's say you yell sometimes. That's okay. That doesn't disqualify you from being a great parent. You know, there's a lot of different ways for you to just embrace your own self, your own masculinity, and just own who you are, your own imperfections, and then how you speak about them with your children, with your wife, with humility, with honesty, with a sense of humor. Yes, I love what you said. I've, I've actually never heard anybody say it as well as you just said. Nice, Ned. Right on, man. Thank you. Um, it's just so important. Our kids need us. And and with that being said, though, I think, all right, dudes, it's time for us to get in the game a bit. Like now that we know that our kids need us, uh, let's be on some of those Zoom calls. Let's be at those PTA meetings. Let's be confident that we have something to offer um, and that's not just the mom's role. Uh, I think that's that's pretty important. Exactly, right? Yes. I mean, our children, that's just why, I mean, in, in most homes, they have a mom and a dad, right? Because, you know, the child really benefits from having a, a two parents who are different. And those days of us, of the men just being passive dads, yep, and being that's... absent in the home, those days are over. Dude, it's and so, yes, in my home, my wife is the alpha male when it comes to the homeschooling, the, you know, the uh, coronavirus, a lot of the structure, and she does, I, 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 she does set the tone in a lot of things, and I honor her, I respect her, but I speak up, and if I want to say something, if I want to change, if I want it this way, well, then she honors me, you know, we mutually work together, yeah. and so, yes, that is what, and that's really what she wants, too, she wants a, pa she doesn't want a passive, you know, co-parent or husband, right, and, and, uh, and so, yes, keep, I agree. So that's a killer question I think for dads to ask themselves is what do I want for my kids? Like how many dads even ask themselves that question where then they think they, they have an opinion. Like I think sometimes we'll just get irritated like oh, I wish it wasn't this way or, or whatever. But we don't stop and just like write it down or think to yourself what do you mm -hmm. want for your kids? When your kid's moving out at night, you know, 18, 19, 20 – what do you want your kid to know that you were a part of teaching them and, and, and then get in the game? Like don't, because otherwise moms are moms, right? Moms are studs. They're going <laughs> to, they are going to take, take control and not, because somebody has got to teach the kids. So they're going to make sure those kids are ready to leave the home, whether you step in or you're passive. So, and I think that moms want you to, but I do kind of think there's a low expectation of dads. Um, but so let's talk. Yeah, let's, I'll bring in a couple of my like words here. Can I ask yeah. you a couple questions about you, Ned? Can oh, I do that? Please. Let's do it. And I think your listeners will really in, engage. OK, so. All right. So we just talked about how the days of being passive are over yet. Here's the reality is that, you know, about about 50 percent of the dads in the world that are listening to this right now really kind of still struggle with really being very passive avoidant mm -hmm. you know they shut down whether they go into a screen or they go outside to work on the you know their car or they go and they drink or they just are gone a lot and this is a normal struggle for everyday moms and dads and then the other end of that what's also a very common normal struggle is dads that really struggle with aggression you know yelling yeah. controlling using a parenting practice you know that's called command and control and so either of these have a, a real, you know, dark side to them. And why parenting that is so tricky is because, like, we cannot control our kids. We cannot control our homes. 
We cannot do that. And if you don't realize that yet, it means you probably don't have teenagers. Okay. There's only <laughs> one person you can control, and that is yourself. Well, I thought you were going to say. So what's so? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that was a good joke, man. Yeah. And so, uh, um, and so it's it's really great to have this vision. Right. For what you want. Mm, and if you have yeah. this beautiful vision, again, you probably don't have teenagers because that vision's probably not happening by the time they're teenagers, because children are not just like things of clay. Right. Where you mold them. And so this is why people struggle, especially when they hit 13, Ned, with passivity, because it's it's like uh, there's the, the, the illusion is popped. Now there's delusion like this is not what I wanted. Oh, my kid's doing this. Oh, my mm. daughter doesn't even like me. Like my my you know we're going through a shift in my home because my daughter and I used to like going to Starbucks together. She's 15. Well now there's only one person out of the two who still likes going to Starbucks. Guess who that person is? <laughs> you. Me. And she's like, I don't want to go to Starbucks with you anymore. And so I'm not avoiding this. I'm still gonna. We're finding new ways to spend time together. But this is why so another reason why so many men struggle with passivity, the rejection. This is the real world, being rejected by your team, being yeah. cussed out by your team, being ignored by your team. And then they just give up because it's just too painful to stay in that. Or they can get aggressive, which, again, nothing's one by four, so that's not going good. So what do you think in your own upbringing or in your own parenting, Ned? Let me ask you a juicy question. You yeah. know, how do you think your parent or your dad or you related to that? Do you, did they struggle with avoidance? Or aggression, because everyone kind of struggles with one of those. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how do I think my own dad reacted to me? Sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, I guess I would say that um, it was more of a passive. Let my mom. Let my mom deal with yep. that. You know. But, Same for me. Yeah, yep. but I will say, man, I remember this one time, and this I don't think was a bad thing. I mean, this is like taught me a lesson. Uh, uh, my mom, my mom turned her head. Me and my mom were in an argument. My mom turned her head. And so when he turned, when she turned her head away, I flipped her off, you know, just to like make myself feel okay. better. And when I, okay. Okay. When I yeah. flipped her off, man, my dad walked right in front of the hallway and saw oh! me. Oh man. Oh my gosh. Dude. And he just came straight at me. He put me up against the wall and, and it wasn't, it wasn't like violent. Yeah. And, and he said, okay. he said, you oh, it sounds violent. That sounds it violent. Sounds violent. Right. But he <laughs> says, you will never treat my wife that way. Dang. So, he was, was bringing it. Yeah. He was bringing it. How old it. were you? How old were you? Sheesh. 15, maybe 15. Good for him, man. He's setting the tone right there. <laughs> yeah. No joke. I love that dads aren't afraid to get physical like that. He's bringing it. Yeah. He brought it to me, but I would say, so, <laughs> I, you know, in, in, in a, in, in any moment that may have been like, man, it's like he probably should have stepped in or whatever. I would say it was more mm -hmm. like just decided to let mom deal with it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of my childhood, but, you know, there's a lot of brokenness, emotional abuse, divorce in my childhood and my sisters. And one of the ways I coped with it was just avoiding. You know, I worked at bad groceries at the market for two years. I was gone all the time and I just avoided people. So then now fast forward, I'm married at 25, and a week after the honeymoon, Ned, I come home from work, worked at a gym, was in grad school, and my wife's like, hey, what do you want to do tonight? Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of tired. I think I'm just going to play some Madden. It's like, oh, yeah, John Madden football, all right, on the PS2. I know you play that game, so how long are you going to play for? Because we had never lived together before we got married. I was like, yeah. oh, no, normal time. It's like, oh, yeah, what, what, what's normal time? <laughs> 
Sean, I was like, ah, you know, like three, four hours. She's like, what? Three, four hours? I like, Sean, I know you like the game, but that's, I was like, yeah, that's how long I play. I'm just, I don't really want to talk about this anymore. Can I just play now? She's like, well, no. And I'm like, what do you mean, no? Like, I told you, this game's big. This is a big part of my life. And she's like, well, we just got married. Like, uh, what am I going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Do you want to play? She's like, no. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, okay, can we stop talking now? She's like, well, no, she, she's writing. She's getting more aggressive now with her tone. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting more like, you know, standoffish, leave me alone. And so what do you think I did at that time? What do you think I did? Take a guess. I uh, went and played the game and stopped talking about it? I don't know. Well, I, I would have, except <laughs> we didn't have headphones at those times, right? Uh, so I literally like, walked out of our tiny, tiny one-bedroom studio, which was right by the Golden Gate Bridge. I avoided. I shut avoided. it down. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so why? Because that's what I had trained to do in my childhood, right? That was like my coping mechanism. I didn't have the maturity to use like the tools that I teach now is saying, you know, honey, I, I love you. And it does make sense. You know, we're married now, but I love this game. So can we work out like a win-win? How about I play the game for one game? It's like 45 minutes. It helped me to de-stress, calm down. And then, you know, we'll spend the rest of the night doing whatever you want to do. We're spending time together. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah, the, the reason why we struggle with avoidings isn't just have to do with what we're experiencing right now. It has to do with things we've accumulated, coping skills, you know, over our entire life, going back to our childhood, of why we put confidence into avoidance, why we put our confidence into yelling or into people pleasing, right? It's all like, and now, you know, parenting is so emotional. It's so emotional. And if you think it's not, you're you're missing out. You're avoiding right that. Mm. You're avoiding right there. It's like all these things. And that's why, you know, there's actually a lot of, you know, danger when you ask somebody, create a vision for your family. Because, yeah, that can be really nice. You create a fancy vision. Maybe you get some cutouts from magazines, make a vision board. That's great. But that doesn't mean it's going to happen because, you know, you can't control that. You're like talking about all the other family members have to have that same vision. And they don't. <laughs> right. They don't because they're different than you. You know, they're they're in a different – they think different than you. And this is why, you know, family is like a, just this wonderful dance. You're learning to dance together, creating harmony together. And I can get pumped out by talk, talking about this stuff. Yeah, no, I love it. It's exciting. So let's just dig on this for a second. If you want to create a vision for your family and you want to include them, I mean, say you have five-year-olds or 10-year-olds or 15-year-olds or one of each, you know, how do you or how do you suggest a family does that? Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Okay. So really on a, on a deep level there, you're actually talking about leadership. You're talking about casting vision. And this is, again, why parenting is so hard, because you're trying to cast vision. You're trying to humanize yourself to human beings, and you're trying to fight for what you want, because you know it's not going to happen by avoidance, right, Ned? Right. I mean, right. is this vision going is to is – are you going to create a great family by avoiding them or avoiding speaking up? What do you think, Ned? Oh, no, you can't avoid it. You're not going to no. build a great family unless you're engaged. But I think – if I were to just give my opinion on leadership, I think that that yep. word has been uh, misused. I think leadership mm-hmm. is really being a servant. 
So mm-hmm. yeah. you, know, you can look at yes. like, I'm not, you know, so from the onslaught of I'm going to create a vision with my family, like how do I come in and serve my family? Okay. Um, and that's going to lead them over, I the, like that. over like coming in and be like, this is where we're headed. We're the motorcycle family. And so we're going to the <laughs> desert every weekend and everybody's going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that contribution. I will tie that in going back. Leadership doesn't happen or casting your vision or building a, beautiful, loving, harmful, close family, right? Doesn't happen with aggression either, mm, right? You yeah. can't come in here and say, okay, guys, I'm the, I'm, we're the motorcycle family. Yeah. I'm, I'm casting our brand. This is, it's my way or the highway. So on one end, you have passive permissive parenting, which a lot of us struggle with. And then on the other hand, it's called, it's also very negative. It's called authoritarian parenting, mm. you know, where there's a lot of my way or the highway. This is the way it is. Right. I set the tone. And really, in reality, you know, children are like wildflowers. You know, they're not like bonsai trees. Mm. Right? We want sometimes we want our kids to be like bonsai trees, where we, you know, we prune them and they grow how we want them to grow in these cute little beautiful figures. But in reality, is there are wildflowers? They're going to grow at their own time, in their own place, in their own way, and just like a beautiful steak a beautiful piece of meat you can't go in there and you cut it any way you want you got to adapt to the meat (laughs) you got to cut it and work with it and so a a few of the things that i kind of nerd out on is just creating like win-win that's a key term i use win-win home environments where the parents feel like they're winning they get what they want and pretty much all of us give or take we kind of actually want the same thing it doesn't matter what religion you are what color you are Right. And I think to prove my point, I'll ask you, what do you think, Ned, most parents want would feel like a win from them? I mean, we'll probably all shake our heads and agree about whatever you're about to say. Yeah. I mean, I think that we want to have great relationships with our with our children and help prepare them them into the world. Yeah. Preparation, confidence. What else we want? Uh, Do you want your kids to do chores? (laughs) Chores? I mean, yes, I do. Yes. Yes. Respect. Uh, Do you want them to speak to you respectfully? Of course, yes. How about grades? Do you want them to get D's or S? I want them to apply themselves. I don't. I don't. I want them to do the best that they can do. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Do you want your kids to do drugs? No. Me neither. I've found after talking to parents for 21 years, most parents, we all want the same things. Yeah. We want respect. So we want closeness. We want chores. We want drug free. We want good efforts in school. We want harmony between the siblings. We want teamwork. And so, but they want things too. And that's where this win-win comes in. Mm. Well, don't they want those same things or similar? They don't. (laughs) (laughs) They don't. (laughs) A lot of times they don't. They don't. And this is Uh, why parenting is so hard. They don't, man. What do they want? Well, they want screens. Yeah. They want power. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They want. They power. want. They want. They want to be off on their own. They want. They're they ready. want independence. Yeah, they independence. want independence. Yeah. They want respect. They want honor. They want to feel like a lion, especially because they are a young lion, <laughs> and they want what they want when they want it, because that's what their brain is telling them. Yeah. And they want a lot of friend time. So you can see those two groups of people, they want pretty different things, my man. 
I don't know too many 15-year-old girls because you got a 14-year-old girl that say, yeah, my favorite thing to do on a Saturday is probably go out to Starbucks with my dad and then we <laughs> hike together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, dude, that's what I want, man. Yeah. That's what I want. I mean, I just had this amazing experience. We're remodeling this old 1983 Fireball trailer on the side of my house, and I was out there with my 10-year-old and my 15-year-old a lot over this weekend. I mean, that's what I want, man. Family work party, bro. That was like a dream come true, working together. Yeah. So that's what I want. But that's not what they want. I mean, they kind of get excited about different things. What they want is they wanted to go to the drive-in movie, which we did. That's what they want. So we actually all got something we want a couple days ago. <laughs> I didn't want to go watch freaking Trolls at the drive-in movie, but I did. <laughs> I did, and it was actually a pretty good movie. And so, yeah, so that's kind of what, in my talk about casting a vision, I think vision and casting a vision, I like how you use that. It's not about the specifics, right? Like, it's about how do you... Imagine a home where your kids are feeling loved and respected, powerful, honored. They feel like they have a voice with you. They can speak up. They feel safe. They don't feel afraid of you. But you, you get what you want. Where You feel close, respected, honored. And to do that, it's tough. This is where good parenting tools come in, right? Tough to not be avoidant, to not be too aggressive, to work as a team, to be that servant leader. Because, yeah, that's how you get them to go into the trailer. That's how you get them to do things you want them to do, is by serving them first, by loving them first, by modeling that. So, man, I love it. So, like, as you're saying it, you know, and it might just be because I'm in business that I, you know, when I think of vision, a lot of times I think of, like, an actual thing that I'm going to do. And as you're yeah. talking about it, I'm hearing you you as a father have an opportunity to create a culture in your home. And you said some things, stability, uh, room to have a voice um, Mm -hmm. and and work as a team. And then we're like we're both meeting each other's needs. And then you're you're doing it as the father. You're serving first. Right. So you're not just demanding they do everything you want to do. You're hearing what's important to them meeting that need and then teaching them that that's community. So like you really have an opportunity to build a culture. And like if we were to boil it down to one word, everything I'm hearing you talk about vision and culture, it's harmony. Like, and we all want that in our home. Yes. Yeah, we do. We do. We want harmony. We want respect. And, and, and you know what a lot of us dads want is we kind of want to, and it's okay to want this. We kind of want to feel like the hero of For the sure. story. Yeah. Like let's think, let's brainstorm. Now, I've never talked about this I got a movie coming to mind. Now I want to think of a different movie. Think of a movie, Ned. Help me here about a movie where it shows some adult, either adult parent figure or an adult, where they are like the hero of the story. They get to like go through this drama, you know, with their kid and like the kid loves them for it and the kid gets through it. It's like a happy ending. And name it. You got a movie that comes to mind like that? I can't think of one right now. What's a movie like that? Yeah, I can't think. Hmm. I mean, I'm I'm thinking uh, okay, of so, hero movies, but not that, but not where it's like right, so, parents coming. I mean, alongside. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting's older, right? Robin Williams is kind of the hero character, the mm-hmm. parent figure for the Matt Damon. Of course, there's this like cool like surfing movie that I saw, where like there's the uncle character and oh, he's yeah, like chasing mavericks. 
that's a dope movie. Yep. Okay, there's a lot of these movies out there where like even there's let's say this, even like the the sports movies where the the bad news bears type team and then the coach comes in and he brings structure, he loves the one kid and yes, yes. like no one really talks about that, but this is like a part of our 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 masculinity, our like alpha male, our chief, our boss desires. For sure. And it's for sure. okay to want that, but here is the reality. Let's talk about a different movie. But this is the reality. Instead of maybe casting a vision or making up some fantasy story in your mind about how you want your family to be just like this family on TV, let's right. talk about a different movie. I've never talked about this movie, but now that I realize it, I think a lot of parents would actually really be good for them to focus on the story of Forrest Gump. Mm. Let me tell you about this, okay? And then you tell me if you think this is a stupid illustration or not. <laughs> okay. Because I'm just making this up. Okay. So Forrest was completely devoted to one – well, two women, his mother and to Jenny. Right, mm -hmm. Jenny. And he loved Jenny, and he loved her in a very predictable way. He was just constantly present for her. Now we've all seen this movie, so we kind of know the movie, and we know that Jenny goes off at a young age. And um, tell me about a scene that you can recall. If you can't, that's okay. I'll bail you out. About a <laughs> scene when Jenny is doing drugs or doing something really bad or dangerous, and Forrest comes in. And he says, stop this, Jenny. I love you. This is not good for you. And he punches these guys around her that are, like, hurting her. Do you yeah. got, this, like, happens Oh, yeah, like, the four Black times. Panther scene. And then when she's in the Black car Panther with the scene. dude. Um, the car of the dude. Yeah, I mean. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm, I'll ruin your Black Panther party. And then the, <laughs> the Vietnam guy, he punches. Oh, that was the Vietnam. Also, yes. Right. Also, when she was like naked and she was playing in her first gig, uh, and he runs and right? grabs her off stage. Yes. So that's like so. What we think is part of us American parents. We think, okay, that's that's masculinity. That's good. And a part of us that is actually very good. He's fighting for this girl. Right. He's right. protecting her. Don't you agree? I mean, he's even taking it physical if he needs to. Do, I mean, I like this. I like yeah. those scenes. No, Are I you with me, Ned? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It just makes me sad. Right. <laughs> but here's the reality, bro. In parenting tweens and teens, it's kind of – in reality, it's kind of like the way the forest loves Jenny. Yeah. Jenny doesn't respond to this aggression. It's not like Jenny says, oh, thank you so much for fighting these guys. I love you, Forrest. I'm with you <laughs> right. forever now. Right. You saved me. It doesn't. And so in the reality is a very high percentage of people that you and I know, Ned, that are parenting teenagers, they are in pain. A lot of it. Mm. Yeah. And I'm talking about immense amount of pain because their children are are not thriving, they're not obeying, they're on screens, they're vaping, they're doing drugs, they have Ds, they're saying F you to them, they're not this, they're, and one of the main things you need to talk about, if you really want to talk about the nitty gritty of parenting a teenager, is really talk about pain, and about how you process that pain, 
in that intensity of having your dreams kind of popped, having your visions not become a reality. And in an actually similar cool way, Force again gives us an example now that I realize it. Because he could have just avoided Jenny. He could have given up on her. Yeah, let her go. He could have he could have said, I it's too hard to love you. I'm done with you. And this is what a lot of parents are tempted to do with a ten year old, with a sixteen year old, to stop parenting, to stop setting boundaries, to stop teaching. He could have also got more aggressive. Start hounding her, following her around from Berkeley to San Francisco to wherever she's, you know, to Vegas. Because she, you know, she even remember that one scene. She's on coke and she's standing on the edge of the hotel yeah. room and she just about jumps. And and you would think then that actually solved her problem. She's actually better. But actually then she came home. She slept for two or three months. She had sex with Forrest. They get pregnant. And then she bounces again. I mean, talk about pain, man. Yes. That's the pain. Many parents are living with adult parents too. It's called estrangement, where your children are blocking you from their lives physically or emotionally. That is what's real in life, not not in these fantasy bad news bears stories where it's all happy endings. And so, and then he continues to love her and be devoted to her and loyal. So then finally she comes back humbled, kind of like the story of the prodigal son in the Bible, she's finally humbled. Mm -hmm. and she's finally ready to be a team and to love him. And then, of course, she dies. That sucks. <laughs> it's so but bro, that's life, though. That's life. There's no, like, there's no promises in a happy ending in life. You know, there's no promises that we're all going to be okay or, like, this is all going to work out in the end. That's a lie. I'm sorry. That's a Hallmark card. But it's No, that then, life is, is that painful. Then is that then the beauty of life? Like you see that relationship and you grow and be a mm -hmm. part of that. And yeah. And then That's it's the almost like our culture here in America mm. and maybe the world is selling us something that life isn't really supposed to be. And that's why we end up all hurting ourselves yes. with drug abuse and cutting. If people still do that and suicide, because we are actually made feel pain a bit. Dude, this reminds me so much of um, this guy's book. I just finished reading Thomas Blackwell, and he talks about in Arizona where they create this perfect biodome, and these trees grow like so fast. They grow so fast, but then they all topple over because trees were designed to be in wind and rain, and that um, like that pushing against, they were never right. able to create a root structure. And so they can't wow. hold themselves up. And it's like us as humans, we need to – I don't want to say embrace pain like in a sadistic type of way. Let's no, let's embrace it. I like that word. Let's yeah. embrace it. Let's but acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Yeah, man. Yes. Let's own it. Let's process it. And let's not run away from it with avoidance, with screens, with alcohol, with workaholism. Let's just – sit in the pain of everyday parenting and everyday marriage and let's let's fight with consistency with perseverance with gentleness and let's with a win-win flexible attitude that is really what parenting modern teens is really about 
and acknowledging all the emotions that are going to come up when your kid says this or when your kid turns out to be this way and they realize they're not a chip off the old block or when they're really different from you or they won't work in the trailer with you or they don't want to go to Starbucks with you or they're saying, F you, leave me alone. It's like, ouch. Mm. How do you still be present in the pain and still be the man? So when you talk about vision, it's not about creating a utopia or this biodome, which I thought you were going to be talking about the amazing 90 movies starring Pauly Shore biodome. So That's good. a great film. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's really <laughs> You're right. It's really about it. how do you create a vision for yourself about being the man who stands strong when his whole world falls apart. Being a man who's full of wisdom and grace and gentleness when his family is not. Being a man who speaks up with love and with guidance and wisdom in a way that isn't too forceful, but yet isn't too avoided. That is the vision that I think we need to cast for ourselves. Mm, it's good. I mean, that's the dude I want to be right there. And I want well, to go, go after that. Me too. Day. And we need to talk. That's why we need to study pain. Mm. We need to study emotions and, and know ourselves, right? And this is why Forrest is this amazing character where he just is so focused on his goals. <laughs> his goals of loving Bubba, dude. Loving yes. Lieutenant Dan and simplifying his world. I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to be happy. Oh, ping pong, that makes me happy. You know, I'm gonna, I said I was going to be a shrimp bro captain. I'm going to be it. You know, I always said I was going to love this woman. I was going to be devoted with her. Yeah, so really, you know, what, what, what's happening underlining all this is we're, we're actually having a discussion about codependency right now. Hmm. What do you think of when you think of the term codependent or codependency? I just think that I, I can't survive without this other person. Yeah, okay. Yeah, most people think of that. We're like you're so needy on your spouse or initially the term came out, became really popular through Alcoholics Anonymous, mm -hmm. codependent on alcohol or different things. But what I have found to be helpful, Ned, is I'll say a little bit and then you tell me what comes to mind. Okay. Is that all of us as parents, we actually struggle with codependency. Where we actually give our power away to our children and to our wife. And we give so much power to a six-year-old and we give so much power to a 17-year-old salty person or so much power to a 12-year-old middle school boy who doesn't wear deodorant, who is in his pajamas still right now, and it's 3 p.m. in the afternoon, and he stinks, and we let this kid really influence our emotions and our mind, and mm. we let him have so much power over us that it drives us nuts. Right. It makes us angry. It makes us sad. And then now that we're so emotional, we're reacting with either avoidance, pleasing, aggression, alcohol. You know, screens, workaholism, the list goes on. Yeah. Because we haven't learned how to set emotional boundaries with these people and just accept them for who they are and say, I'm not going to let you bring me down. I'm going to be the best version of myself no matter how you are, just like Forrest Gump was. <laughs> what do you think about what I said? Well, for sure, I think Forrest Gump, the whole movie now, is just – like this incredible story of being a parent now, uh, of what you hope to be. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I think that you are 100% right. You know, if we're not in tune with ourselves uh, and in tune with, okay, I know who this person is. Um, I know where they're at in their journey of life. If we don't like set that tone every morning, not just decide today and it's going to be good the rest of our lives, but every day and maybe even multiple times a day, remind ourselves, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be regardless of who they are. Uh, then, yeah, I mean, if I don't do that, then I'm going to be reacting all the time. And if I'm reacting, I'm not going to be happy with myself. So I'm going to then turn to something to make myself feel happy um, because I'm not happy with myself. So, I mean, it's so yes. simple. Like what you're saying is so simple, but it is so hard to dedicate yourself to doing that. And then I think having grace for yourself when you screw up. And I think a lot of dads just already feel failures. So then saying, all right, right, I'm not a failure. I can do this. It's not too late. Right. I'm going to choose this and then choose it again and again and again and again. Um, but like you said, that's mm -hmm. embracing the pain and not in hopes that there's a utopia once I choose to embrace it, but realizing that it's going to come again right. tomorrow and the next day. And that's okay. Right. It sure is okay. You don't need to be afraid of pain. In fact, instead of viewing this, this woman – you know, instead of viewing this 14-year-old as the person who's causing you pain, you can, in your own mind, actually decide to look at them different. And you can actually look at them with so much gratitude because this person is the one who's actually molding you. <laughs> this is your blessing. Mm -hmm. This is the person that God has put into your life or whatever you decide how you want to view it to shape your character, right. to, to build you to be the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And this is beautiful and powerful because that is life. It's the beauty and the relationships and not in the easy ones, but it's actually in the tough ones. And that's what you have to talk about, my man, if you're going to have a, a parenting teen expert on a show. you got to talk about the pain. It, it is so real and so common. Man, it's just so rich, dude, as you're saying this, and we can wrap this up in a second. But when we look back on our lives and we talk about the times where we really grow, we usually talk about the struggles. We'll be like, oh, my gosh, remember that time we were so broke. And it was just, mm -hmm. man, it, it, you look back on it with like this gratitude. But when you're in it, you're like, we're so broke. Life sucks. Um, yes. Instead yeah. of realizing that those are the things, like you said, that are shaping you continuously into the version of yourself that you actually want to be if you embrace it, right? I mean, dude, marriage is hard. Having kids is hard. But the beauty yes. of that is it, you know, it's like it's rubbing the sharp edges off of you. And uh, I love mm -hmm. that analogy that you gave. That's super, super good. Um, dude, we could talk for hours about fatherhood and parenting. Let me let me ask you two last questions if that's all right. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Rebel and create, man. That is my mantra. And it is rebel against the status quo or the low expectations or about being on my phone or about drinking alcohol when I'm mad in hopes that I create blank. You know, so it could be something tiny that you're just trying to shift habits or it could be this lifelong thing. What's something that you're currently rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that as a dad yourself? Ooh, as a, you know, as a, as a dad myself, I think about I'm just rebelling against this 
lie out there that the teen years need to be so painful and horrible and nasty. I rebel against that. If you go online right now, you will see a billion articles about how you're supposed to be a punching bag during the teen years, how kids have it so stressful at school, then they're supposed to come home and treat you like crap and to be on screens and to act out and to do this. No, that is a lie. Your children are very, very capable of loving you, of respecting you and being close to you. And I am in this fight, in this passion to build healthy families and healthy kids and healthy dads and i rebel against anyone who says anything stupid like that my man so that's interesting because like you were talking a lot about embracing the pain right so but what but what i'm hearing is it's not that you're just accepting that this is how it always is you accept that it's there and then you deal with it so you're you're absolutely saying, you're saying man that there's that you're rebelling against that and to create a harmonious home and that that is possible for sure. Dude, I love yes. it. Yes. I mean, we families are supposed to be close. I mean, anytime I talk, anytime, I always talk about me. Really, I talk about a bunch of different things. But the one thing I always talk about, Ned, is closeness. Mm. It's actually the first thing you said when I asked you, what do you want? Yep. And you said, you didn't say the word closeness, but you said, what did you say? Something about we want really good relationships yep, or intimate. Exactly. And I said closeness. Right. That's why you have a dog. Because you want to be close with your dog. That's why we have kids times a billion. We want to know them. We want to be in their lives. We want to mentor them. We want to be close. And so, yes, there's so much lies going on right now about modern tweens and teens, about giving them space. And I'm all for honoring their space and their boundaries and all that stuff. But, yes, they need us more than ever. These plugged-in mm. kids need actual parents more than ever. They need wisdom more than ever. They need camping more than ever. They need they need wood shop and metal shop and they need rebuilding computers and they need gardening and they need jogging and they, they need adults and they need family barbecues and they need trips with Uncle Joe and baking with Aunt Sue and hunting trips and they need all these things more than ever. Dude, so you know what? Let's bring this full circle. You know what we're going to change? Uh, it's not parenting. You're not a parent. You're a guide. The beginning we talked yeah. about being a guide and and I think you know I'm a guide for these human beings and everything you just True. listed off is you being their parent knowing who they are knowing what they need and then guiding them into those different realms which is just incredible it's, it's a great word I love that word I I like to use the word you know mentor usually mm -hmm. sometimes people use the word like apprentice where that's, you know, that's their job. It's like, I'm a, I'm guiding an apprentice. Yes. Love the word guide. All right, not so a controller, no. not an avoider. We are active present guiders. And I think one thing, and I'm sure you talk about this all the time, but a guide, a guide sometimes is going to let you know, like, all right, you're about to go down this river. That part's pretty gnarly, but you don't <laughs> do it for them. Right. You might mm -hmm. hit it and then let them dump out of the out of the out of the boat, you yes. know, because because as a parent, man, I think a lot of times in our world, we're like so obsessed with safety. Like it's ridiculous. Yes. It's like, no, nah, my kid needs to get some bumps and scratches. Otherwise, he's not going to know that he shouldn't touch the stove if I just always tell him he shouldn't touch the stove. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, but that's kind of easy for you to say. You're the guy who said a while ago, you're addicted to fun and you like skating, <laughs> yeah. right? So it's easier for – talk about emotionally easier for you to do that than it would be for most parents, right? Because you are you're, – you know, you're out there. But, yes, talk about emotions. It's scary for us to think about our kids getting hurt uh, or yeah. failing or not doing something right or getting – painfully cut out of a fan group right it's just it's scary but you're right that's how they grow not from us rescuing them but letting them talk about pain experiencing their own pain and not shielding them from pain dude that's so like good, we should man. shield ourselves yeah i'm glad you 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 shifted that perspective because you're right it is like i'm thinking about it strictly as like let your kids skateboard and fall on the mini ramp where if you say your kid gets cut out of a friend group and I'm like, all right, where are these kids at? I'm going to go, you know, step in already. I'm already heated thinking about that. Right. And man, that is just so right. important to realize like that is not easy. That is not easy. Mm -hmm. We all have different ways we view physical pain, emotional pain, social yeah, pain, man, academic pain, really which again, come back to what we're seem to be talking a lot about on this episode, which is just, you know, you know, understanding and managing the pain of the dad life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. All right. So here's my last question for you. My last question is, okay, you, in 25 years, you go and you peer into the homes of your children. What is the legacy that you see? What are the things, the way that they're living their lives? And they might not credit to, oh man, our dad, Sean was so awesome. He taught us this, but you can see that the hard work you did today is playing out in their lives. And that's a legacy. Mm. What are some of the things you see? My goodness. Well, I, I, what I would hope to see, talk about a vision, like, a, you know, a utopia, a biodome for me would be, uh, actually would be amazing conflict communication skills. Mm. Because when you can have conflict with somebody, you can really, work out win-wins with them you can work through anything you can work through anything it's that's you're in what if you're having good conflict communication skills it means you're also not avoiding the pain you're not medicating you're not yelling you're not you're not avoiding you are in the thick of it right so that is like that's where the magic happens with parenting tweens and teens is actually teaching them how to communicate with you how to have a mature conflict communication, expressing their own feelings, how to work out win-wins. Because if they can do that in the seventh grade, if they can comfort their own father when they're in the seventh grade, if they can share their own feelings with their mother when they're in the seventh grade, well, then they can do that with anyone. And that's the stuff I nerd out about, right? Dude, what I want to teach tools to parents and to tweens because that's kind of like what I do. That's like that's actually like that's kind of what that I do to make money in a sense. Yeah, dude, I love it because you know I might I might have said if I'm put on the spot randomly by somebody, well, I really want my my daughters to have amazing husbands and really good relationships with them, or I want them to have mm -hmm. just these relationships with their kids, like paint this utopia picture, like you said. But I love the words you used because you're acknowledging right off the bat that people yep. are people and they're going to have conflict. Like that's, that's just, that's just exactly. Gonna have it's conflict. assuming it's assuming my three daughters are going to have marital problems and parenting problems. Mm. You have to assume that. So mm. now that we know that's a fact, well, what do we really want for them? Because if you say I want them to be happy and healthy, well, that's fine. That's a Hallmark card, bro. I mean, man, that's yeah. what do you, that's cheesy. Yeah. Of course we all want that. Let's get be specific here. So what kind that, of legacy? 
dude, how important is your role then? Like you go, okay, I'm going to go to work because I want my future generations to be able to have deep relationships. And so I'm going to go to work figuring out how to do conflict communication with my children now in the seventh grade so that I'm setting them up for success because how you are interacting with your seventh grader is setting up how they're going to react to their children and to their spouses. Dude, that is an important is your six job. is your six year old is your seventh grader or is your junior in high school ever going to take a class in school called how to manage your emotions, how to have healthy conflict communication, how to create win wins, how to not how to not run away from pain, how to manage screens in their life. Are they ever going to have those classes, Ned? No. And even if they did, it's like you're reading it in a book and you role right. play it in front of class. Okay, Johnny, you're right. mad at Susie now. Whereas when a door slammed or somebody yells and it's actually <laughs> happening and your emotions are heightened, your feelings are heightened. Dude, that's, that's where it happens. And like you said, that's where it happens. It's, you have 18 years to do this and it's going to take that long. <laughs> Probably. You know what I'm <laughs> oh my, Oh, 25. Really? You're going, <laughs> yeah. Nowadays. Yeah. And that's, we're just embracing the pain of trying to teach our children wisdom yeah. and teach them and coach them and guide them these things in a season of life where they are probably not going to be super interested in learning from you. And yeah. that is painful. Yeah. Oh, Sean, this has been so rich, man. I love what you're doing. I love your honesty, transparency, vulnerability, how much you are in tune with yourself and the future self, man. And, and I just love what you're doing with families. And I thank you for being a rad dad and intentional husband and, and everything you're doing. is just super cool, man. And, and I thank know you, that Ned. everybody listening is just going to get a lot from here and hearing from you. So I appreciate it. And I just want to say thanks. Hey, it's been so fun talking with you. I loved how we didn't really have an agenda. We just kind of went with the flow. Thank you. I love what you're doing with this show. Thank you for everyone who's listening and been a part of this, man. Thank you. Man, I love this time with Sean. This dude knows his stuff, and what a great communicator. If you are looking for amazing tools to help you with your parenting, check out parentingmodernteens.com. All of Sean's stuff's on there right when you get to the homepage. There's a video that just kicks on of him and you'll just see his energy and his love for people and that he's just a normal, regular, rad dude who's also in the same stage as you. Like he's doing the thing. This isn't just go to school. This is he knows his stuff because he's living it. So check them out. Um, reminder, get the Adventure of Fatherhood gift box. If you know a dad, if you know a new dad, hook them up. This is a great rad gift. Comes with a bag of coffee, an Adventure of Fatherhood t-shirt, a mug, and the Fatherhood Legacy Journal. I also started a podcast that I release on Fridays. It's been about five, six weeks. And it's just a 10 to 15 minute where I'm discussing a question that a dude has sent to me. So if you got a question, send it or go check out the ones I've done. They're just 10 to 15 minutes. And then I also do a recap of Monday's um, Fatherhood Field Notes podcast so you can kind of get the nuggets from it. Uh, go follow us on Instagram, write a review, share this episode. I just want to say thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood. Talk to you next time. Thank you.